2: The Around the NFL Podcast. Mostly believes in aliens.
3: Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hensis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. <laughs> Colleen Wolf.
4: Yeah, there, there's more.
3: Chris Wessling and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys and woman?
4: Hey, Dan. Hello. Building
3: it up. You, uh, I don't know. Have you done two shows
5: in, in a row? row? I yeah. think so. Yeah. It's been done. I
4: think. He, Thanks
5: happened. for remembering.
4: Yeah. Dan might have been gone for it. I think. You no know, one. Yeah. You were gone for a few ah, weeks. Ah. Yeah. I think there. you're right.
3: So these. You know. This counts. This it really counts. counts.
5: The other ones counted too. But yes.
3: Okay. No. They're all good. They're all beautiful little flowers. <laughs> all the shows. This is the Thursday, and I apologize to Mr. Flame who. You know, he sends us one of the best whiskeys in the world. And what happens? The old Zeuser uh, forgets to uh, let everyone know that the Around the NFL podcast is sponsored by Mr. Flame's economics class in The Hague, the Netherlands.
1: Mr. F.
3: I think it would actually be funny, even though it would be a problematic situation for us, uh, if he sued us for uh, Mr. Flame sued us <laughs> for forgetting to mention <laughs> on the
4: podcast on Tuesday. He's way too nice of a guy.
3: I know, but that's what would make it even better.
4: Right. It'd be a rare case. Dan Dan always thinks about the show first. He would actually be happy that he that we get sued. He's like, that'd be a good storyline.
3: It would be a pretty good storyline. And- I I, as long as we didn't get fired because of it. And, you know, if we didn't have to pay for lawy- lawyering up on it, it would be great.
5: Yeah, you're getting a little too comfortable, I think, with the sponsorship. In what sense? You know, just... Taking gifts and forgetting to say thank you.
3: Mm. Well, you know.
6: The beautiful thing about Mr. F is the he's the utter antithesis of, like, a gigantic corpo sponsor. He is. He's <laughs> perfect. He is hands-on, and, you know, he's just an Ubermensch. It's almost like
3: we, we should share him with the world. Like, somebody else, if we find somebody that deserves a sponsor the way we deserve the sponsor, maybe one day we'll pass off Mr. Flame with his... Mm.
5: How would you feel about sharing Mr. F?
3: I would never share him. It would be more like I'd let him go mm. and let him mm. journey off to someone else that, that needs a, a pick-me-up because that's what he's given our show.
5: Just let him spread his wings. Yeah.
3: By the way, th- this is the... Uh, um. It's been a long time since the, Patri- <laughs> the Falcons were in the Super Bowl.
6: Just in a cartoon vision of Dan pushing Mr. F out of a nest. <laughs>
3: <laughs> January 31st, 1999. The last time the Falcons... We're in the Super Bowl. Uh, Colleen, you were a three-year-old girl back then. Probably. Something something like that. In but that neighborhood. Here's some fun facts from uh, what was going on in the world the last time. the. Fo- mm. I love this. You know, this isn't the most original talking point, but I love this. Great. I love nostalgia. Matt Ryan was a 13-year-old boy. How about that? Mm. After the Super Bowl, Family Guy premiered on Fox. Whoa. A long time ago. Yeah. Hit me, baby, one more time, Britney. Britney Spears, the number one. Were you a big Britney girl when yeah. you were younger?
5: Yeah, I was like in college. Concerts? No, no concerts. Mm-mm.
3: Gas cost ninety-eight cents a gallon. I remember that. I was I, I grew up on the border of New York and New Jersey, and the the trick in the coal town, uh, <laughs> because gas prices were more expensive in New York. You hopped over the border. Uh, to Bergen County, New Jersey, and you got the gas in Montvale at a substantially cheaper rate.
5: And they pump the gas for you in New mm. Jersey, so you don't have to get out of the car if it's raining or anything.
3: Right, but that was always a little weird. That's a law. You can't pump your yeah. gas in Jersey. What's going on on the west side of Cincinnati? Boys? In
6: 1999? Yeah. I think I had just decided that I was going to be an outsider, and it was like... <laughs> it was That's be- a decision? It was the beginning of not caring a- one, <laughs> one damn about pop culture. Mm. That's about when it started for me, that I was just going to be on the outside of society. So
3: on January 31st, 1999, Chris Wessling decided he was going to be an outsider.
6: It was around when that girl (laughs) was trying to engage herself to me, so I I had to necessarily get outside of society. Okay.
3: Well, now you work for an $11 billion corporation.
5: Well, I
6: I have to reconcile a few things, Dan.
5: (laughs) That was also the year of Summer Girls, LFO.
3: That was. Wow. That was. Cool. Uh, She's All That, number one movie in America. <sighs> mm. It's a great one. Saw that.
4: How about uh, you know Atlanta, Atlanta's own, maybe their greatest export, Outkast, touring at that moment off of their third and, and best album, Aquimini.
3: All right. Yep. Uh, Love Outkast. There you go. Uh, you know what was the uh, – and off She's All That, what was the big hit? It was Kiss Me by Sixpence None the Richer. Oh, God. You know, if, if we had any rights to play music on the show – um, I would love to play it right now. So instead, and it's not really a situation of settling. I'm going to throw it to La Sid, who's just a young girl uh, at that time, but she knows the song because who doesn't? Give me a little sixpence, Sid.
1: Kiss me out of the bearded barley <laughs> nightly Whoa. beside the green green grass.
3: Swing, swing, very good. <laughs> That's you.
1: awesome, nice Sid.
7: Whoa!
3: Mankind was the WWE champion. Mm. Who was, who was that, Wes?
6: He was a wrestler. Didn't he write a book? Yeah,
3: he is. Cactus Jack. Uh, Donald Trump was a C-list celebrity. Uh, Bill Belichick was the Still defensive. A C-list celebrity. <laughs> Bill Belichick was the defensive coordinator of the Jets. And, uh, Greg, this one's for you. Very literary mind. Southern Cross by Patricia Cornwell topped the New York Times <laughs> bestsellers list for nonfiction. Or fiction, excuse me. <laughs>
6: Southern Cross, also the title of Crosby, Stills, and Nash's greatest song.
3: Um, I'm sure it is.
5: I didn't know that.
6: (laughs) (laughs) From 25 years before that. Well, 30 years before that, probably.
3: (laughs) Uh, Wes, our resident historian. Um, So there you go. All right, today's show, we're going to uh, do some news. We're going to get Connor Orr on the phone. How exciting is that? Because Connor uh, is at the Pro Bowl in Orlando. Uh, he actually witnessed this the Skills Showdown on Wednesday. He's going to tell tell us all about his adventures um, in the land of Mickey Mouse. Greg Rosenthal wrote a banger
4: ranking the NFL coaching hires. Uh, we need something less. You know what's lower than a banger? You know it's sub banger, respectable, but you know it's like a. I'll work on that. Yeah. Yeah.
5: So. Way to pump up your piece, though, for real.
4: <laughs> so a sub-banger, we'll
3: use the term for now, <laughs> ranking NFL coaching hires. And then uh, we're going to try again to get Mark and Gonzo on the phone uh, to get their update on their road trip. What is that branded, by the way? Is it?
6: Road to Houston? Hashtag Road to Houston.
3: Hashtag mm-hmm. Road to Houston. So that's the show. Uh, let's start some news, Sid. I I said Whoa. Whoa.
6: What was that? That was
1: that was my favorite new thing, which is Kurt Cousins singing in an a cappella group in high school. Yes! Uh, <laughs> oh my God! If you
5: haven't seen the video, it's amazing. No, he has all it. sorts of crazy outfits.
3: He is something else. Yeah. Is, Kurt is that if you watch that? If you're a Redskins fan, does that make you want to invest more in the quarterback, or is it a sign to run for the hills?
5: Uh I think more. I think I tweeted it out and lots of people were excited about it. Right. And excited about their quarterback. He does it
1: with confidence. Mm-hmm. That's the key.
3: By the way, and Kirk Cousins, if you had to make a ranking of which which guy, what quarterbacks Sydney would be most into as like a potential mate. Number 1 is number 1. That's your boy. Uh,
1: what about Jimmy G?
3: Can, oh yeah. Can I
1: call Jimmy G? I think That's he runs Kirk, a little too two? fast for
3: you.
5: Yeah, he seems like he's too edgy. Maybe you okay. need a
3: you need a, a nice boy in an acapella group.
5: Listen, Kirk and I can sing show tunes for the rest of our lives. I'm fine with that. you'll go to Disney together. It'll be great. <laughs>
3: All right, let's start the news and and we kind of we we blew it. We forgot to talk about Ryan Grigson on Tuesday, so let's talk about it now because after weeks of speculation and radio silence in Indy, the Colts made the decision to part ways with their general manager firing Ryan Grigson uh following a second straight dark January for the Colts or as they confirmed the confirm this to or told reporters this over the weekend uh Ursay also confirmed Chuck Pagano will be back as the Colts coach in 2017, which is always creates a a slightly uncomfortable situation when you mix and match regimes like this. Uh, The move comes just one month after Ursay told Rapshi that the franchise was not planning to make, quote, wholesale offseason changes. Uh, Greg, I guess you could still say he told the truth because maybe you could painted as wholesale would mean you're getting rid of both your coach and GM but that's still a huge part of the organization what took so long and what's going on in Indy
4: I mean who knows this is a strange story a strange situation Grigson and Pagano had reportedly gone and you know seen a psychologist I believe together
5: hired hired a psychologist
4: to try to overcome their issues and Wow. I, I wonder. I want to know what the story is behind the story because I don't think it happens two or three weeks into the off season unless something's going on. Uh, if someone went to the front office, you know, went to Ursay and made a, a say it's either me or him. Or, I, I don't know why. Why would it be happening now? Because it's not like he had a plan. He, he didn't have a plan at all. That would worry me. He's just interviewing GMs. At first, there was a couple guys. Now it's expanded. It's like he, he didn't have a plan. He just did it.
5: And that's probably why Pagano is still there, because I can't imagine that he's prepared to go and have a search for both positions. It just seems like this sort of came out of nowhere, and now he's going to be stuck with hiring a GM, and maybe he doesn't like the guys that are left out there as head coaching candidates.
3: Wes, how about this? You can't give him any credit, really, for drafting Andrew Luck. That was a no-brainer of the century, even even though RG3 was in that draft, whatever. Luck was the number 1 guy. Is Gregson the worst GM in the league cuz he take that out, what has he done with that team other than hold back uh, Andrew Luck from being in the middle of the playoffs every January?
6: The rest of that 2012 draft was phenomenal as well. Okay, I don't start think you there. can take that away from him. That was one of the best drafts of the past half decade. Who came out of that one? TY Hilton, Kobe Fleener, Dwayne Allen, Vic Ballard, whose career was ruined by a knee injury. Uh, I believe there was one other guy, too. All right,
3: but Hilton and Luck, those are two A-plus guys right there.
6: So he nailed that draft, and then 2013 starts the beginning of the end. The Trent Richardson whiff, which is as bad of a trade whiff as we've seen, and he drafts Bjorn Werner in the first round, which is as bad of a first-round draft bust as we've seen, really. He w- he didn't even make it through his, his rookie contract before they released him, which well, you don't see with first-round picks. And he had chances to overcome those errors. But he didn't. He had cap room two years in a row with, like, top three or four in the league cap room, and he went out and signed guys like Goster Cherlis Mm. and LaRon Landry and Eric Walden Mm. and all these guys who were not impact players even though he had tons of cap room to bring in guys. Arthur Jones, who, you know, was injured the whole time. So I, I think he had so many opportunities to keep surrounding Andrew Luck with talent, but every move seemed to backfire. And then that provided a schism with the coaching staff because Grigson kept saying, I'm giving you guys talent and you can't develop it. Well, I think Pagano
4: really hurt this
6: organization
4: by being so good in the room and convincing Jim Irsay a year ago for him to keep his job. Because I think Ursay was on the right track there of starting over and somehow – Pagano convinced Ursay to give not only Pagano, but Grigson a, a three-year contract. Grigson's going to get paid through 2019 or something. What a life. Like that. And and I think it's set back this organization because wh- whoever they hire here, it might be an internal guy, Jimmy Ray. I feel like they're just wasting another year with Chuck Pagano. So there, there's going to be another story like this in a year or two where they're starting over. Which
5: is ultimately wasting another year with Andrew Luck, too. I mean, you have to fix that offensive line. That hasn't been fixed in how long?
6: What are you laughing at? What, oh, next
5: oh, to me, Wes is just giggling.
6: He's paying for Griggs an extra couple. Of, what does that mean? He can't buy Buddy Holly's guitar now or something? I mean, Jim Mercy has got plenty of money. He's always spending it on all these weird auction items. I don't care if he's paying Griggs in for a,
3: a couple <laughs> I, more years. I get you're right. Obviously, it's a bottomless uh, pit of money, but it's still the principle of it that you you gave him an extension last year, and now you're going to pay him to basically not be in your building for three years. It's just not a good look.
4: Neither is the fact that so many ex-players went out of their way to celebrate oh, Grigson's fire. Danced out. on his grave. Yeah, Pat McAfee, you don't, you don't see the that punter, right
3: after
6: him, too. I've never seen as many players as vocal as they were minutes after it's the news came out. So awkward. How much
3: do you think Grigson's
6: hairstyle plays
3: into people not liking him? A lot. Kind of looks like a, a mid-tier wrestling heel. That's that's the
4: way it looks. Huge He's, guy, huge like guy. What six seven three hundred? I I well, yeah. I once interviewed him at the combine. I mean, at the Super Bowl actually, right after he <laughs> got hired game, yeah. in two thousand
1: twelve.
4: <laughs> well, uh, it was it was uh, it was alarming. It was a little scary. <laughs> he was an
6: enormous person. I but, would say though that it's impressive the list of guys who are coming out for this job now. Everybody wants to work with Andrew Luck. Makes sense. Well, it's interesting. Some some
4: guys around the league that rejected. Uh, The 49ers interviews are interviewing with the Colts. There you go. Tells you a lot. Uh, Moving on, uh, one position that won't be opening up
3: much to the chagrin of many Packers fans. The defensive coordinator post, uh, Dom Caper, Teflon Dom, as he's known around these parts, is not going anywhere. Mike McCartley had this to say, this is no time for drama. Dom Capers is an outstanding football coach. That doesn't change. He had a tough challenge in front of him this year. And once again, that coaching staff dealt with a lot, blah, blah, blah. Uh, talking about injuries as being a major hurdle. Caper's back, not back, uh, Colleen Wolfe also known as Connie Fox, Tom Clements, yeah, whose contract expires. He is the associate head coach offense. Uh, his deal expired. They're not bringing him back. He spent 11 seasons uh, with the team, starting as QB coach, before being elevated to OC in 2012, and then associate head coach. And, you know, one thing that is interesting about Clements, McCarthy made a big deal uh, before the 2015 season saying, I am going to now start elevating some of my coaches to more high-profile roles to help them get head coaching looks. So he made him the play caller 2015, yanked that from him later that season, and now he's out of a job entirely.
5: Yeah, he goes from play caller to totally out in a little over a year, but... Look, the injuries did not help at all. When you look at what they were dealing with in the secondary and just their cornerbacks alone, when Sam Shields went down with the concussion in the season opener, they were playing with three second-year corners. You have Demarius Randall, Quinton Rollins, and Ladarius Gunter. Now, Gunter, I thought that Bucky Brooks always calls him Waldo. Like the guys on the team that you can sort of circle and those guys can be exploited. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of the games this year, he was absolutely Waldo and that did not help. Also they had the pass rush was so inconsistent this entire season that it really exposed that secondary who was already hurting.
6: I think when you look at the Packers roster and I've been asked this a lot, what do they change next year to get better? You, you got to get production out of Randall Cobb and Clay Matthews, who are two of your highest-paid players on the team and and are subpar regulars right now. That's a big problem, that two guys, after Aaron Rodgers, getting paid the most are are not assets anymore.
3: Moving on. Uh, The Cincinnati Bengals saw enough um, from Randy Bullock uh, to bring back the kicker, signed a deal that takes him through 2018. Wes, a little surprising. Uh, Some people call him Fat Randy. I call him Big Boned Randy. Uh, he Husky went, Randy? Husky Randy. He Rotund went, Randy.
5: <laughs> <laughs> See, We're now it's edging
3: back into mean territory again. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, I was going for a little bit. Us Husky guys, we don't like, you know, that kind of stuff. Or it's like, it's like, hey, big guy. Well, you know, why don't you just call me a fatty? All right? You know, you know, the, the waiters are like, hey, big guy. Excuse me.
5: I can't wait to call you big guy. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome.
3: <laughs> uh, son of
5: a bitch. Yeah.
3: Uh, <laughs> Big Bone Randy went 5-for-6 on field goals and 6-for-6 six six on extra points in three games with Cincy. But that one miss was a doozy, a 43-yarder on Christmas Eve night that gave the Texans the division. And one of the worst misses of the year. He stutter stepped. I think he almost crapped himself and then missed the kick. Oh. Uh, you know, Big Bone Randy, Wes, still in our
6: lives. This is like the January version of a camp leg. Right. Teflon, Teflon Randy. They're going to draft somebody <laughs> oh, or man, pick right. someone else up. I don't think – I don't think old Rotund Randy's going to be handed a job. (laughs) Rotund (laughs) Randy. That's a better one.
3: Uh, Moving on. Hey, guys, it happened. January 25th, 2017. Oh,
5: man, what? (laughs) What happened?
3: (laughs) Sell it. it. (laughs) See, We need more of that around this place, guys.
6: (laughs) Take after our colleague. (laughs) Taking notes over here. Put Uh, it in a
3: binder. We achieved liftoff on the Blake Bortles Redemption Tour. Uh, Here's comments from GM Dave Caldwell. Uh, this week at the Super Bowl on Blake Bortles, I've said it, said this time and time again. I think we could win a lot of games with Blake. I think we could win a Super Bowl with Blake. I think he needs to improve, and I think we need to improve around him too, in order for that to happen. Greg, mm. Caldwell better be right here. He survived the axe. Gus Bradley got sent packing late last se- season, but now you got Tom Coughlin in the building, who easily I would think could make Caldwell redundant if Jacksonville doesn't improve on three and thirteen and the way he's talking they're going to try to go it again with Blake Bortles do you agree
4: well i think that's the reason he kept his job is that Caldwell and Marone somehow convinced owner Shad Khan to run it back with Bortles that we can fix it that they, they, let's not really change i mean if you look at what the Jaguars did they really didn't they changed as little as possible they promoted Marone they kept Caldwell they're keeping Bortles as their coach, and they kept the exact same uh, defensive coordinator, which kind of went under the radar. T- Todd Wash is his name, is still the defensive like coordinator. Well, like Todd Wash out. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> he was under Gus Brown. Nailed it. They're running it back, and it supports my theory that they got to win. Yes. This is a very short yes. uh, lifeline here for Marone. They got to win right away, or Coughlin's going to get Caldwell out of there, get Bortles out of there, and get Marone out of there and start the whole thing over with his own guys.
3: And this is – Bortles is a prime candidate. I wrote about this on the End Around. Please check it out, NFL.com slash End Around. One of the most popular tropes of the NFL offseason, struggling quarterback X primed for bounce-back season. And now listen to all the factors, all the other subtropes that connect to Bortles. Let's play a little Blake bingo here. Ooh. Bortles bingo. We have a choice there. Mm -hmm. All right, here we go. Player X showed flashes in season's final weeks. Nice try. I. Oh yeah, that mm. check. Player X has semi recent track record of success. Check. Player X is still, you know, pretty young. Bing. Check. Player Player X will benefit from coaching change. Bing. Not buying that one. <laughs> but it will be. <laughs> All right. There check. is a coaching narrative.
1: change.
3: Be posited. And finally, my personal favorite, Player X spent off season undergoing complete mechanics <laughs> rebuild with quarterback quarterback guru Y.
6: Ooh. Well, he's already done that too. He's just bring it a- bringing it back.
3: Bringing it back.
5: Wait until you see the shape he's in. Right. Well, that,
4: the that and that's a thing with Bortles. We'll hear how he's taking his craft more seriously. Oh, that's a but we know. never get the article before the year where they weren't taking it seriously. Like you never get the oh, Blake Bortles not really ready for training camp. He's kind of a. You, you always know.
3: hear the whisper the other direction in about eh, week twelve. Right. right. I think you know
6: the Super Bowl and then compare that to Blake Bortles. It tells you everything you need to know that Tom Brady, while he was suspended, worked with Tom House, the biometrics guru, mechanical guru, for many times during that suspension. Matt Ryan flew Tom House and Adam Dado, the other guy working for Tom House, into Atlanta throughout the season, during the season to work on his mechanics. Mm. And Blake Bortles pretty much ignored his mechanics during the offseason.
5: Yikes.
3: One of the worst windups
4: you'll see. they it is a wind-up.
5: That throwing motion is so bad. I they got trying
4: to pick somebody off second they base. They got to get someone in there. I mean, I was as high as Bortles as anyone after after 2015. But you he, were as
5: high as Bortles. I,
4: I, <laughs> I kind of not that high. Uh, <laughs> even in his best season, he led the league in interceptions and in sacks. It's not like even even in the season that I that he did all the great things. He was a he
6: was a flawed you know kind of middle tier quarterback. He absolutely has all the physical tools you could want, but. Mentally, he's not there yet, and it's an all-consuming job.
3: Um, finally, uh, a little Boston talk, Greg. Your home region, New England. Uh, you Massachusetts. Heard, you heard the news over the weekend that a East Boston man had broken into – or not broken into – had uh, got himself into the team hotel where the Steelers were staying at near uh, the airport uh, up there in Boston, Logan, And yanked a fire alarm, allegedly, on the second floor, you know, waking up some players. And, you know, he was uh, trying to upset the Steelers on the eve of the AFC championship game. Uh, Harrison reportedly told the police this, according to the Boston Globe, upon his apprehension. He just kind of stumbling away from the grounds. I'm drunk. I'm stupid. I'm a Pats fan Uh, now. Which that doesn't speak for all patriots. I'm not not bringing this up, Greg, as a way to rip the
4: patriots. I admire his honesty. (laughs) I mean, at least he was just saying it.
3: Harrison was in court. He's 25 years old. Uh, He was in court this week where he pleaded not guilty to charges of disorderly conduct, disturbing the peace, and setting off a false fire alarm. Let me tell you, first of all.
5: Who hasn't done any of those before?
3: uh, I could save this for the law podcast. I'm just going to say something. I am not accredited. I have not been to law school. Do not plead not guilty. On this Dennis Harrison.
5: Not a good look.
3: You have the cops have you on record saying I'm drunk, I'm stupid, I'm a Pats fan. <laughs> you were you were arrested on the grounds of the hotel where you weren't staying. It was four AM. Plea out, bro.
5: That's an alternative fact, Dan.
3: Plea out. <laughs> Plea out. And uh one last note with this Hooters. Colleen, have you been to a Hooters establishment?
5: I, I have. One of my friends look worked at, at one.
6: They make a good chicken wing. Look at you.
3: Hooters, uh, the Saugus, Massachusetts location, put up a sign in front of their restaurant, Free Wings if your name is Dennis Harrison, which is funny and a nice little promotion to tie in with current events and sports fans. But here's the kicker, and this is very this is very Mass Hall. Dennis Harrison showed up and collected on that, had a meal there on Monday, according to <laughs> a manager that works at the facility.
6: They ought to put this guy away for months. Why? <laughs> Throw the book at him. You don't, First of all, you don't mess with people's sleep. Well, how about
3: emergency service workers who are racing to right. a face fake alarm? Right. It's yeah.
6: A, second of all, wh- what's your purpose in doing this? Well, he's drunk and stupid. Right. You, it's somehow going to upset the Steelers and they're not going to play well. Give me a break. Be better, Dennis Harrison. I, I think. Uh, I mean, <laughs> this I, you
3: choose to take serious. Yes, I don't I like it at that. all. Couldn't talk you into Antonio Brown the other day. <laughs> Got you on this one.
6: It's a second-rate. Prank. It's yeah, not but, even good. But well, if if the <laughs> if the idea is, it's like stealing somebody's mascot in 2017 has been it's been done 78 times every year. It's it's for, not yeah. it's not creative. But for we so, got your cockatoo for someone that's not no state. Re- related to the two
4: teams, he absolutely annoyed the crap out of the entire organization and disrupted their sleep as oh, he said. That's true. And you know, sleep science. I mean, pe- people say that that stuff's important. Maybe it's you know, it helps them one or two percent there. He's helping his team out. You're celebrating this criminal? No, he's an idiot, but but I'm not saying that it had no impact. Who was he
6: raised by? This criminal. He was raised by wolves. Hey, he a DCP hey, 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 member. Hey, of society. So is <laughs> well, oh, sorry. Uh,
3: That's what's happening in the news. All right. <clears throat> Pro Bowl's coming up on Sunday from Orlando. We have had an around the NFL employee, uh, uh writer on the site and um it is time to welcome him on the phone and because Connor we love Connor and and uh and we're happy to hear from him unfortunately we're not going to see him at the Super Bowl this year which we're all bummed out about uh but because he's coming on the phone uh worked with Kyle, with uh, Sydney uh, to welcome him on the show in a special way a man's man got a mortgage <laughs> Drinks the brown stuff and rakes up his foliage. The ex-beat man turned my-not-state ballet. <laughs> got Super Bowl snubs, so it's Connor Orlando today. <laughs> he got Super Bowl snub, so it's Connor Orlando <laughs> today.
5: That's so
6: good. Oh, that.
4: Are you kidding me?
5: It's like Fat's Domino. I love it. <laughs>
4: Again with the weight, Colleen. You know enough.
5: <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, what?
4: <laughs> Connor, are you there?
7: Hello,
2: everyone. <laughs> How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. That was, that song was really good. I enjoyed that. You said well. You sound a little somber right now. What's going on, pal? Take us through it. <laughs> oh, I got uh, I got massively sunburned on day one. <laughs> oh, no. So. Uh, I went down to, uh, there's like a pro shop attached to my hotel. It's the largest Marriott in the continental United States. You're plugged in um, on the
3: Marriott's too.
2: Word, yeah, yeah. for sure. I've um, had
3: conversations with Connor. He can break down in detail each of the tiers to the Marriott's and, uh, and knows them on a regional basis as well. Mm. So this one is the largest in the country. Does that make it a, a good Marriott or just a big Marriott?
2: Oh, I would say every Marriott's a good Marriott. It's like, it's like a little slice of home even when you're away.
4: Wow. That <laughs> needs to be our sponsor. <laughs> You're gunning for that uh, the
3: side promotion <laughs> advertorial work. Um, so why don't, where, where do we start? How, how is Orlando and what is the what is the vibe uh, with around the players? I know you you've had good access with uh, working on behalf of the Shield. What do you what's the sense down there uh, as the Pro Bowl continues to explore ways to keep it relevant now sending it out of Hawaii and into Florida?
2: I got to say that bringing back the skills competition was actually probably the best idea that they've had um, to try to regenerate interest. I was able to go to, like, um, I went to a walkthrough where they brought some of the players in early before yesterday's taping, Wednesday's taping. And, uh, you know, people were into it, especially the quarterbacks when they were doing kind of the accuracy challenge and stuff. So I thought that was definitely... Definitely something. But the other interesting thing about Orlando is there's no restaurants here, which I thought was interesting. How is A, lot that possible?
5: Balls, right? me? A lot of strip
2: malls, right? Excuse me?
5: Lot of strip malls, right? Lot of
2: concrete. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just like uh I, I was like driving around like one stretch of land for like three hours and there's just no no restaurant. So, <laughs> well, that's my memory I of Orlando
6: know. as well.
4: Can you can you reveal who won the skills challenges? Little breaking news that we announced. Well, on the we broadcast. could. This
3: is this is how we can. Before you answer, Connor, uh, because it is embargoed until uh. Thursday night. But we oh. could hold the show a couple extra hours, and that will allow us to talk all the results of the skills showdown. Mm. Is it worth it? I don't think that's worth it.
2: <laughs> See, I uh, uh, I would say yes, but there's an armed guard uh, right that follows me around until after the uh, until after the taping airs. So I'm not sure I want to. All right. Well, I want to upset him. Without, you know? without, I, I can talk. I can talk. Pro Bowl, you know, skills challenge. Just, I, I, I can't reveal. All right. One. Without
3: revealing the winners, ta- what were some of the more interesting th- happenings at the skills challenge? Who should we look for that might have made a fool of themselves or really uh, thrived? Take us through it.
2: I would say uh, uh, during the dodgeball. Uh, <laughs> I saw one of the greatest individual athletic performances <laughs> by any human that I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, oh my goodness! And it was sort of like, like it made me, as a person who was picked on in dodgeball, feel mm. like really connected. And uh, you know, it was it was an emotional moment for me. I know Jason Garrett really got into it. We were standing near each other, saw him kind of rooting on this person, even though uh, it. You know, it wasn't his player. And, you know, so I thought, I think that's something. Mm. Ooh, what division was
5: that uh, player in?
2: Mm, this is fun. Um, One of, well, one of the two big ones. <laughs> one of the two big divisions. <laughs>
1: okay.
3: Man, they really yeah. have you clamped down on, huh? <laughs> it's also
2: just fun not to, you know, yeah. just to mess around. With you and right have up. you had
3: any, because Kevin Patcher once upon a time uh, covered a Pro Bowl. We had him on this very podcast and he ended up talking books, I believe, with Alex Mack, then the center for the Browns. Uh, have you had any nice one-on-one conversations that have been enlightening on some level?
2: Uh, I, I talked to Joe Thomas today, and I will say that, like...
3: Our show only book.
2: talks to Browns Brown. offensive linemen. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Exclusive. Uh, I liked how he knew exactly what, like, he had worked out in his own mind a, percent, a probability percentage uh, that uh them drafting a quarterback number 1 overall would w- actually work out which i thought was pretty interesting and like speaks to the the new brain trust in cleveland because they've they've definitely got him uh numerically focused even more so than he was already and uh he he says it's about 25% so i think he's encouraging him to go in a different direction <laughs> wow
3: um how about this how about this again you don't want to give away any uh faces but i remember talking Pro Bowl You had some interesting stories about players last year can you give us a blind item about a player that perhaps you know maybe got a little carried away at the bar or you saw something saw them do something disturbing not revealing the player but maybe sharing their behavior Um, putting you on the spot here I'm sorry
2: no that's okay Um, early in the week it's very early in the week I will say that I've I've seen a lot of uh I've seen a lot of crimes of fashion uh (laughs) I've seen players uh a lot of cowboy boots in warm weather, um, you know, and that that was kind of uh, bothersome to me. A couple guys getting a little out of shape, you know, which is funny coming from me. And uh, <laughs> you know, just uh, oh a yeah, bit, I won't I won't say who it is, you know,
3: but you shared a a Hall of Famer this on our on 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 our yeah instant messenger Oof. client uh, had now uh, he had devolved from kind of athlete uh, heavy set to heavy set heavy set.
2: Yeah. A I hall mean, of Famer. You know, okay, not... I almost wanted to go over and be like I know like exactly what's happening with you <laughs> and you know,
4: it's going to be okay, <laughs> you know. Not Antoine Walker who was featured on NFL Network rather large this Twan? week. Yeah, for some reason.
6: Antoine. That that's surprising.
3: <clears throat> um all right, and and Connor, you have any other takeaways from uh, from I know it is early. Um are does is there a sense that the players are excited? I, there was one interesting uh quote uh, that uh, – who was it? Who said it? Uh, oh, it was Mike Evans had just found out when he was in Orlando that the, the winner's share is 64 k and the loser share is, is 32000 and that made him decide he's going to play hard. Uh, any of that sentiment going on? Does it
2: seem like people care about well, the game? Well, it's good that that's getting out now because, like, I remember I was on the sidelines for the Pro Bowl in 2014 when the game Humblebrag. was in Houston, and uh, – <laughs> One of the players found out like in the fourth quarter, and they were down by a touchdown. And he begged his coach to put him back in because he's like, I-, "I was an undrafted free agent. I'm still on my first contract." He's like, "I need this money. It's not like you know, I'm not, I'm not just messing around." And a lot of these guys, you know, they go ham at the bar. They got all their friends down here. You know, the difference between 32 and 64 is is breaking even for the weekend. So you know, this mm. is uh, this is uh, this is big. I'm I'm looking. I'm looking forward to some trickeration, you know. There was a little
1: uh, wow. Michael Bennett uh, Sell it, playing baby.
2: tailback today. So, you know, I mean, there's, it's a world of mystery down here. It's not just <laughs> mouses and roller coasters. It's, it's everything.
3: Well, not restaurants, but everything else. No uh,
2: restaurant. There's, no, there's, there's no, no restaurants here.
3: It's, it's unbelievable. Are you going to get into a little trouble at any point this weekend?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think so. Um, I, I like to tell people that uh, I've got I've got Pro Bowl fever, so um, you know wherever that takes me. I mean, it's, there's there's miles of open road here, so yeah. Well,
5: you big, deserve it, big guy.
3: Thanks, big Colleen. Guy. I you know what? Colleen is fat shaming right now because I told her <laughs> twenty minutes ago that I didn't I didn't enjoy when lo- when uh, waiters and other type of people refer to me as big guy. So she's actually shaming you. One of the pretties well, are going after you.
2: You know, it's, <laughs> this is, uh, it's, not, it's not the first time, and we're going to be better because of it. Damn, we're going to be stronger.
3: Yeah, you're right, Connor. All right, Connor Orr, uh, Minot State's uh, favorite son, adopted son. And I will get you that box of goodies uh, when you get back to your haunted mansion in New Jersey, bud.
2: Okay, I'll see you when I see you, people. All right, Bye, so Connor. Goes. See you, Connor. Bye.
3: A man's man got
2: a mortgage. <laughs>
3: Drinks the brown stuff and writes up his foliage. Reach at the top of my register <laughs> there. my not-state ballet. Sit on backing box. It's awesome. Got Super purple snubs, so it's Connor Orlando today. <laughs> <laughs> he got Super purple snubs, so it's Connor Orlando today. <laughs> <laughs>
0: wow, that's <is> wow. awesome. <laughs> Are you
3: kidding me? <laughs> Um, Connor, I ran that by him yesterday. I said, hey, I was thinking of maybe working up a song for you. He said, my only request is that you work in that they're not sending me to the Super Bowl. (laughs) (laughs)
6: Nicely done. (laughs)
3: Nicely done. We will miss Connor. Connor should be at the Super Bowl. He
5: is a Pro Bowl selection, though, so that's good.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's true. Uh, All right. So there you go. That's Connor or uh, Greg. Let's talk. Your sub banger you wrote. You're not particularly proud of it.
4: I'm but not. I'm not unproud. But if ashamed. every if everything's a banger, you know, it, it sort of okay. cheapens. You're right. What's a banger? Hey, when you're right, you're right. So you
3: wrote a, a you know a piece of <laughs> on the site, and uh, it's co- the headline ranking NFL coaching hires. Anthony Lynn at number one. That's the exact headline. Uh, by the way, check out Connor's stuff at NFL.com slash or. O-R-R. A lot of good Pro Bowl content. Yeah, he's Telling writing a to ton of good stuff. Uh, Making news. Uh, and follow him on, on Twitter where he's posting fun videos and things of that nature. But back to Greg. Uh, Greg, you have Anthony Lynn of the Los Angeles Chargers, the number one coaching hire. Now, can you break this down? Well, Is this from perspective uh, uh, for Anthony Lynn, what kind of job he's taking, or the team's... Decision making, bringing the person in on.
4: Well, I think the content, the information in here is good. The ranking (laughs) itself is kind of is is a little is a little silly. If I was power ranking the most meaningless rankings that we make throughout the year, you know, this might be number one on the power rankings because I'm just you know they haven't even very meta. They haven't. I want to hear the analysis on that. Now, Anthony Lynn ends up being number one here. Because I'm picking who I think's gonna have some success. Who has surrounded himself, first of all, with a good staff. He's got Gus Bradley as his defensive coordinator. He's got Mike McCoy as his uh, off. I mean, uh, sorry, Ken Wisenhunt as his offensive coordinator. Nice. He's got Phillip Rivers. He's got a nice roster. And listening to Anthony Lynn, you know what? What can you go off of? You list, I listened to his press conference. I've listened to him in a couple interviews in terms of with Matt Money. I like I the cut of his jib. I, li- I like the messages that he was sending. I like that he was saying, I'm not worried about the running game anymore. I'm the coach of the whole team, and he was talking about it, and he's been preparing – for this day since he started coaching.
5: I liked your point in there that the two coordinators there are former head coaches too, so it shows that he's not Right. He he has a lot of self confidence in that.
4: Right. He wants to hire head coaches shows to me that you have some self confidence. Wes is laughing over here.
6: Well, I mean with the caveat that it's sort of a ridiculous exercise anyway and no one none of us can really know anything ahead of time. You picked two of the biggest punching bags and tomato cans from this podcast over the last three years as guys that you have faith in, and Ken Wisenhunt and Gus Bradley. Big well,
4: but fan. I think they can – I think Ken Wisenhunt's a good coordinator. I liked. I like having continuity for Sandy. You don't think the, he did a good job with the Chargers the last two years? I, I think – I like the continuity that you don't have to create a whole new offense. You have Phillip Rivers in a familiar system. And Gus Bradley, I'm not worried about him as a, as a coordinator. I think he did a good job in Seattle. He wasn't ready to run a team
6: necessarily. I look at it more like this. I think Kyle Shanahan's brilliant. He has a brilliant football mind. I would take him over all three of those guys combined. I had him fourth
4: because I think that situation is so toxic that he's not going to who's he going to hire as his defensive coordinator? He is I I has agree no with I agree with that's, that. That's that's a disaster. Uh there's there's you know there's whispers about Kyle Shanahan. The editors, you know, kind of wanted to t- this You've had part, a lot of whispers lately. This part wanted to be taken out, but doesn't Kyle Shanahan kind of fit the mold of the guy who does not necessarily rub everyone the right you know, rub some people the wrong way. Uh I think at the, just rub fifty three people
6: into the Super Bowl. That that's fair. What are we talking about now? Kyle Shanahan.
5: No, I remember reading all of those narratives of about time. oh, like how's Julio? I can't wait to see how Julio and Matt Ryan deal with Kyle
6: Shanahan. You right. Too. I think we found out.
4: I mean, yeah. he he walked out essentially on the Browns. And made, I would and walk that was out smart. on the Browns too. It was smart. It was a career move. He thought that was going to hurt his career, and it did. But at different spots, he's had certain controversies behind the scene. Now he has to run an entire organization, and it's just a tough situation in all San right. Francisco.
3: Number two on the list. I'm gonna I'm gonna take you. Uh... Take exception to it. Okay. Just a little strong. It's not like I'm hurt or anything by it, but. <laughs> That'd be weird. You got Sean McVay, thirty years old, uh, took the job of the Los Angeles Rams, youngest coach in the league. You have him number two on this list, which, and this is based on their likelihood for success in their respective Relative
4: success. But yeah,
3: okay. Well, you should have put relative yeah. in
4: the top. Yeah, well, success. Okay, I'm just saying. I'm reading
3: your writing. Yeah,
4: he's judged on a different scale than you know Vance Joseph, for instance.
3: Based on their likelihood for relative success and their respective tenures. Uh, he seems to me to be behind the
4: eight ball because he might be stuck with a Ryan Leaf level bust. Well, part of this was everything is uncertain with all these new coaches. Five of them are first time head coaches. The other one's Deg Marone. What's certain is that Wade Phillips is one of the greatest defensive coordinators of all time. That's fair. And that's that's enough for me that that's something I know. And, you know, this guy, we'll see if he's as impressive as, you know, he. He, he, he makes a good press conference. I don't know if that makes for a good coach. He certainly was a good interviewer. He learned from
6: Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, and John Gruden, three of the best offensive minds of the of the 21st century. So he's got that going for him, and he seems like an exceptionally bright guy. His players love him, and the guys he's worked with love him. Those are all positive marks. Wait, I, Phil. I'd be so careful it's like... with the Ryan Leaf thing. Come on. Well, I'm, <laughs> I mean, Ryan Leaf wait, wait, didn't wait. make. Now, now we're going to say we shouldn't be throwing dirt on you. I've been led, leading the charge to bury Jared Goff. My, I buried Jared Goff because he wasn't ready to play. Okay, that's what I've said consistently all along. But Ryan Leaf didn't make it because he was Ryan Leaf, because he didn't want to play football. I mean, <clears throat> football was not a priority for him.
3: I, I'm more from, bad. from what we hear, he's the number Goffins. two overall pick. He was uh, I, that I level of saying. a first-rounder. I don't mean d- – Ryan Leaf, he kind of stands in his own – I shouldn't have used that example because people know him more as not just a bad player, but a, a total nightmare as a mm. guy in the locker room. He was the Kate ultimate McNound. bad guy. Cade McNown's good. Jamarcus That's Russell, but he's one. also – he yeah. comes with baggage too. Keely Smith, yeah. We, we haven't heard anything – how about Blaine Gabbert? Okay. There's some warning signs that he could be that type of bust, but it's early. Yeah, it's early. All right, let's get back on track here. Number three, Greg, you have Vance Joseph. I like this job. I put him all the way up at number one. How about that?
4: Well, he certainly takes over the, the easiest job, and, and his coordinators, I think, are a plus overall. Mike McCoy, who's been there in Denver before. Joe Woods, we don't know anything about him. Hey, Joey Woods. But. Uh, he had a strong enough reputation. People wanted to hire him maybe elsewhere. And he's been in that system coaching up the best secondary in the NFL. They know him. So I, I kind of trust John Elway implicitly that, you know, this guy knows what he's doing, but he's never really run a You know, he's never run an offense so or, really, I mean, or a defense. I mean, he's never run a team or a defense. So he's just getting the year. job
5: because of all of these recommendations.
4: Well, he had a reputation as kind of the right hand man, even though he was a position coach for Gary Kubiak for Marvin Lewis, for Adam Gase when he was a coordinator. All of those guys, you know, reportedly gave him really strong recommendations that look, this was kind of my guy that I went to that that was an important asset to me and he must
6: interview well. Elway liked him a couple of years ago when he interviewed.
3: I think the trickiest thing for him is that and there's no we're not going to pass judgment on Paxton Lynch either yet cuz it's so early, but he's a first round pick. And they're going to probably want to see him at some point. Trevor Simeon did a nice job last year, but he didn't do a nice enough job where you table any discussion about anybody else, a quarterback. He enters kind of a difficult situation with uh, a young, two young quarterbacks and trying to figure out who's the guy.
4: I, I think you're seeing – and I think Mike McCoy is ultimately going to have a, a huge part in that, and we'll see how, how he handles it. I think you're seeing more teams look to these guys as kind of the CEO type rather – looking for some sort of offensive genius or defensive genius. I mean, Vance Joseph ran one defense and it wasn't very good and they hired him because they thought he was going to be a leader. And that was kind of what Gary Kubiak got hired for too. Uh,
3: Number four, we spoke about him, Kyle Shanahan, Shanahan, who's not, technically the coach of the 49ers yet, but everything points to him becoming the Niners coach once the Falcon season is over. Is this a situation, Greg, where you like Shanahan and his potential, uh, but the job is just so bad that he's in a tough spot?
4: Right, and we'll see how he handles running an organization. I think giving a guy that's never been a head coach like that all the power that he's going to have, he's expected to hire the GM. That's why his dad got fired. Mike Shanahan, the GM, got Mike Shanahan, the coach, fired, and if Kyle Shanahan has as much power, let's say, as a Bill Belichick type, he's hiring the GM. That's a lo- it's a lot to ask taking over what I would say the is the worst. That's fair. The worst roster, maybe the worst organization in the NFL.
3: Oof, uh, number five, Marone. You got Doug Marone of the Jags. Uh, you know, he had the strange departure from Buffalo two years ago kind of went underground, became the O-line coach, worked his way back up, and surprised people by holding out to the job after uh, having the interim la- uh, label ripped off. Mike Malarkey, we had some fun at his expense going into last right. year, and that worked out. Maybe Doug Marone is another case.
4: Well, my, I think I did this exercise last year, and Malarkey, I'm sure, was at or near the bottom. So yeah. I'm an idiot. No, well,
3: <laughs> a lot of us thought the same thing. Right.
4: Yeah. I'm just saying he he has a chance. I mean, we kind of – I kind of pointed out how they haven't really changed much. I don't know. You don't know what you're getting, in Doug Marone. Like, what was he in Buffalo? How would you like to be
3: known as the new malarkey? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's a question about the Jags just in general. I've, they went 3-13 and last year with Gus Bradley there most of the way. Uh, with a better coach. I'm not going to say Belichick, but who's like a tier below Belichick? Let's say Andy Reid. Andy Reid is the head coach of the Jags last year. Is that a, a winning team?
4: I, I would – I would trust in Andy
3: Reid to do something. Is that a nine, ten win team instead of a three? It does a coach make that We'd, much a difference? Last year, yeah, for
6: the Jags, yeah. It all depends. I mean, no, nobody, nobody was there. fixing Blake Bortles. If he came to camp with his mechanics that bad, it doesn't. You could have had Bill Belichick, and you're not going to win. The but game. And, Andy Reid comes with probably a better plan at
4: on defense than keeping this guy you know, better got, staff, probably better. Yeah. Receivers. That's
5: interesting because what Jalen Ramsey said, how they needed a total <laughs> change,
4: right? That that's a little bit of an eye opener. I mean, it's, you know, it's just one <laughs> player, but literally after the season, they, they asked, you know Jalen Ramsey, and he says we need to completely change our coaching staff and completely <laughs> change our scheme. How would you like to be Todd Wash showing back up into the room, being like, "Hey, uh, thanks for hey, wash thanks out. for campaigning wash. to fire me." Jalen's like, "Wash out, see yourself out of here. It's my defensive room now." Did uh, people give Doug Marone a little too much credit for going nine and seven in Buffalo? That was that was Doug Marone's getting too much credit from someone. Wow, that was Jim Schwartz's defense.
6: They were, they were Bruce Arians had nice things to say about him this week.
3: Push me, push.
0: I'm close to the edge I'm trying not to move my head You know what I'm saying?
4: Hey, can I Well, (laughs) well, we know he can relate to young players
3: So that's good Totally uh, Because, I mean, now we heard it Can I also hear Because I always love to hear uh, Doug's take on hip-hop culture Mm -hmm. And what it's all about What are the roots of it The source Yeah, let's hear the the source source again
0: See, rap is a New York City thing
6: It It ain't nothing about race or culture It's New York City
3: Good old Doug. So he left Buffalo, and now you know what Bills fans—they deserve, they deserve a medal that they wear around, a medal of honor for sticking with his team. Because Greg has Sean McDermott as the worst head coaching hire in in his sub banger, and why is he sit, his? Why is he at the bottom of the six pack, Greg?
4: Well, someone has to be. Last, you know, Bills fans have been. You no,
3: know, the Bills are sick of hearing that. Someone's got to be last.
4: They've been blowing up my. They've been blowing up my mentions, and I you know what? Up your mentions too. Keep doing it. Hey, someone's got to be last. They can eat it. Here's why: Sean McDermott and his staff have proven, I would say, less than any other staff, and the situation is difficult. And the expectations, I think, are too high from ownership. They think this is some sort of playoff you know, championship contending roster. Sean McDermott is, has made his name under Ron Rivera, a defensive coach. He's had two top 10 defenses in eight years as, as a defensive coordinator. So it's not like the Panthers have been lighting it up as a defense. Rick Dennison is well-respected. He's always been under Gary Kubiak, basically Kubiak being the guy that runs the office. We don't, you know,
6: We don't know much about this guy.
3: Hmm. I don't know if what? that's going to quiet you... the, the mob. If you were
6: still running Roto-World, you would have written this article with bullet points instead of numbers. I would not have called it ranking the new coaches. Hmm. You would have just provided analysis. I think that puts you in a bit of a pickle.
4: Your thoughts on that, Craig?
6: <laughs> <laughs>
4: I don't mind. I mean, it's all the same information in there anyway. I mean, the information
6: any... is is good. I'm just like, how do we know if – If Sean McDermott's number six or number
4: well, that's fair. We don't need to argue who's. I think he's got a very tough job, though. Greg, would you disagree? Doesn't he have among the toughest jobs of any of these guys? Yes.
5: Greg, now that we've analyzed your article, do you have any regrets?
4: No, no regrets. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) there you go. Check it out.
3: Greg wrote a sub banger. Uh, uh, on the <laughs> rankings of the coach hirings. Check all his stuff out at NFL.com <laughs> slash Rosenthal. I, make
6: sure you print that out and read it.
3: Because I i sit in I sit right in between Greg and uh, Ali Banpuri, mm. who's in charge of the features. Greg, I mean, making a blazing a trail back and forth, wearing out the carpet, <laughs> oh. planning all different features for Super Bowl week. So make sure you uh, bookmark that author page.
4: A lot of Super Bowl content. I mean, we got Mark's Road to Houston. Long form, Wes has a banger about how Tom Brady stuck it to Kansas this year by reversing <laughs> the aging process. That's a lot of good Super the, Bowl content coming up.
6: That's going to be the vanity URL. I'm just going to rerun my
3: <laughs> August column every year, by the way. Brady. Until he dies.
6: NFL.com slash Brady sticks it to Kansas.
3: Go ahead. Go ahead, Tom. Please do that. Good luck next Sunday. <laughs> All right. Before we go, it's time to try again. Get him on the phone. Uh, No song for them, because we don't know if we're going to talk to them, because who knows where they are in America right now. Yeah, could be anywhere. Hopefully the reception is better. Uh, Mark Sessler, John Gonzalez, are you on the line?
7: Well, we are, and we're in a very elegant hotel room with absolutely pristine Wi-Fi.
3: Excellent, excellent. Whoa. Yes, it sounds. Uh, nary a crackle behind you. Uh, where are you right now? What's going on with your journey as you as you drive from Southern California to Houston, Texas? Uh, hashtag Road to Houston.
8: Hi, guys.
4: Hello,
3: John. <laughs>
8: oh, John's there too. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to say how exciting this is because after years of writing countless stories uh, about the NFL and also years of being married to Colleen. I finally made the pot as Mark's valet.
6: This is great. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody had to keep him out of accidents.
3: And Gonzo, I, I believe you're aware that uh, your wife, and you can tell by her laugh, uh, is with us right now. So this gives her a chance to catch up with you and perhaps, uh, you know, chastise you. I don't know, go after you a little bit. She has some issues right now uh, related to the house. I I, oh,
5: I do. I do. I do, John.
8: I believe that. There's a lot of things to, uh, to maintain at, at Shea Gonzalez, but we're having a grand time right now, now that we're on the road. For, I mean, for the listeners and also for you guys, this is not, today we spent the day in the desert looking for an alien crash site, which is like, not probably the weirdest thing I've ever done with Mark Sessler. One time he dragged me to a house in Venice that apparently was a murder house where many grisly homicides had happened,
7: so <laughs> it's just on the list. He loves that. Just another, just another thing. Which, we had a fascinating day because we woke up. You asked where we were. we're in Lubbock, Texas at the moment. Started the day in Santa Fe, which is a, I'd never been there. It's a beautiful town in New Mexico. As you know. Took about a three-hour drive south to Roswell and had to circle up and down the highway to find this little tiny dirt road where if you continue up that road for an hour, which we chose not to do, you would be at where apparently this, this alien craft you know, spiraled to
3: Earth. Right. I believe in 1947, in that Correct. in that realm.
6: Is there any reason to go there
7: now? Well, that's what we were looking into, and there is a stone pillar there with sort. You know, someone had carved out an inscription about what happened. The much better site that we found was the museum, which is another 15 minutes up the road. And I didn't know if if Gonzo was going to be a fan or not, but. He was having more of a good time than I was. He was—you were bopping around. You enjoyed yourself. I, I prior to this trip, uh,
8: was sort of alien agnostic, uh, and now I'm all in. Uh, so I'm coming <laughs> back with all kinds of That's alien awesome. gear for the house.
3: Great. <laughs> uh, that wonderful. was actually going to be one of my questions: uh, whether Gonzo would be made a believer. Um, I have a question for you, Mark, and this is yep. uh, an honest question. Sure. Uh, why are you doing this?
7: <laughs> it's a good question. I, I <laughs> came up with the idea. <laughs> about a month or so ago and just thought it would be fun to get in the car and see what's in between Los Angeles and the Super Bowl versus just, for me this time, just flying there. And I really went in thinking that I was going to go alone and have to drive and, and, and you know record whatever happened at night on a laptop in a lonely room. I, the best decision and what made this, I think, quite fun so far is going with someone else. And, and maybe next time it could be all of us. You know, there were budgetary concerns, and there I'm were okay. other concerns from uh, our employer. But John, he's a free agent, literally, and he was able to go, and he's been an absolutely perfect traveling partner. All
3: right, let's 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 stop there. I'm going to bring in Chris Wessling now. How about the idea that Chris is a little hurt that he's not on this Kerouac-esque journey uh, to Houston? Let's talk about
4: that a little bit.
7: Sure. I I mean, I <laughs> as God I mentioned damn. to Chris... <laughs>
4: This Dan Dan really immediately covered his face. Mark, I want you to know, a, a, embarrassed after he asked this ridiculous question. But go on. I sorry,
7: it is, I, I hope Chris is not hurt. I think Chris knows that we would love well, number one. Chris to should have speak him for himself.
4: Up.
6: Chris, you, speak for yourself, Chris. I can explain the reason after this. I am not hurt at all. I am happy for Mark because I know that this is something he wanted to do, and he's the perfect person to do it. Am I a, a little bit jealous? Do I wish I was with him? Sure, sure. I wish this is exactly the kind of thing I would love to do. Where does that
3: leave you with uh, Gonzo?
6: I love Gonzo. He's okay. great, and he's, I, I can, I, I will say this: this is one hundred percent genuine. I cannot wait. To read the finished product.
3: Yeah, that's a mark. So we, when you write this up, and we're, we heard it's going to land early next week, it's going. How, is it going to be about football? What's what's what is this going to be about? Do you know what
7: it is about yet? Well, I decided not to actually write anything. I'm just going <laughs> to enjoy myself. We're having a great time. I don't know if that part of it's relevant, but they're just no, on the I,
5: run right now.
7: We're just on the run. I'm not even sure we may pass through Houston and keep going right through that wall to Mexico. But um, I I I would say that what. What was the question again? What, what, why am I writing it? What am
4: yeah, I writing? No,
3: just in general, like what are in your your plan when you sit down to write about your adventure? Is it about football? Is it about just the journey to Houston? What do you have a general idea about the direction of, that of the piece that we're, we're all excited to read?
7: Well, I hope it will masterfully, you know, interwe- interweave <laughs> both because we've talked to a lot awesome. of uh, people along the way about football. Like for instance, when we were at the Alien Museum. We got an interview with the executive director of the museum, an old fellow and a really nice guy. But we all talked him? a little football. So,
3: excuse me? You got him? You were able to book the executive
6: director oh, yeah, of the Alien Museum? Looked, it
7: was a big get. There were you know, about 10 people at the museum, and so he was busy. But I got, in there, and I got in that office and I got the quote.
6: He's like, I'll four.
3: give you three minutes. <laughs> uh, but that sounds cool.
8: No, it's a- <laughs> we talked to upwards of, of uh, what, three or four Denny's waitress.
7: <laughs> it's really been amazing. Well, we are now. Here's the thing. I think it's going to pick up steam from the football field because we're going to be in Fort Worth and Dallas over the next right. few days. Tonight we're in Lubbock, which is a big college town. The guy at our hotel said you got to get out. Tonight's a huge night for the college kids, which are roughly about 20 years younger than us. Uh, so we'll <laughs> see how that goes. But we'll, we'll continue to talk to people. People have opinions. Uh, I, I think one thing I'm talking to fans is they just they don't they're not trying to save face or you know build bridges with anyone when they have a football opinion they don't uh, cut any corners.
3: That's cool. And and you brought up uh, Gonzo um, Denny's. Now, Mark, we're always fascinated by Mark's eating habits. <laughs> and Colleen had told us on Tuesday that when she first started dating Gonzo, she noted uh, internally that that Gonzo kind of ate like a serial killer. Have you guys noticed each other's kind of <laughs> idiosyncrasies when it comes to uh, eating stuff?
8: So we've been kind of uh, feeding off each other's rhythms on that front today. Uh, for example, we got up early, had a cup of coffee, uh, and then went looking for alien crash sites and haven't eaten yet. So we're going to do that next. But, uh, we're, this is we're, being
4: taped at 3 in the things. afternoon. You haven't eaten well, yet. it's actually it's central time. It's 5.26. Wow.
7: And I, I also think it's not just the eating rhythms. We are starting to, as you would, adopt each other's phrase, you know, phrases and and, and way, the way that everything would be described. You know, Gonzo is starting a revolution with his, oh, no. I think Colleen knows about this. his GC terminology. Oh, no. For oh, no. Call or great call, depending on so we just, you know, we're starting to John, it's not going to be
5: a thing. GC not is not stick. happening.
7: Sorry, Colleen, it's a thing.
3: So if, if somebody makes a point that you're plugged in on, John, and you agree with, you just go GC. You uh, could be, that's a good
7: one, or you say, hey, have you guys listened to the Around the NFL podcast
8: this weekend? Oh, nice, GC.
6: It's uh, very, it's very I kind of like it. No, you don't.
5: It's, like, yeah. No, it's not a thing.
6: It's good. I'm it's in. Versatile. Yeah. I'm standing my ground on this one. Are you in or out? <laughs> I'm out. They're, You're out. DC will not stand. Yeah, you know, right. back,
3: um, ra- randomly, Gonzo, we have a lot of like connective tissue because I just found out that you have a blue pen phobia, as do I. I threw one out before the show, and back in college, I tried to start something uh, my senior year that I try to catch on with my friends in the dorms, which was uh, LBS, which meant Let's Be Serious. Oh, I,
8: I like that no. you see you now. This is going to be great. We'll have we'll, we'll buy
4: a not to be confused with. I was going to say, not to be confused with IBS, Irritable Bowel Syndrome. But <laughs> or it's essentially
7: pounds. Different I think letter. print LBS would struggle, but it works verbally.
6: Can I tell listen, you? I'm on board with it. We, okay. can, do, we can do this. There will be a free exchange of acronyms. Can I, I tell you why see... GC won't work? Why? It's the s- same number of syllables as good call.
5: Exactly. Mm. Why why this is one of my say points. Why does
6: the good
8: call? Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> you know, all, the cool, all the cool kids are abbreviating these days. Oh, okay.
5: John also likes to throw his Gs up. For mm-hmm. Gonzalez?
8: Oh,
6: yeah. Oh, well, in that case.
5: Yeah.
8: I, I like in, some uh, of these things. We're in Lubbock. <laughs> they throw their guns up for the, yeah, be for careful. the uh, Red Raiders, so we'll do the G's instead of the guns.
5: One of my favorite things about this trip is FaceTiming with the both of them to say goodnight as they share a <laughs> hotel room. And last night, um, they I guess Mark had broken into the mini bar. And they well, I mean, booked had a
7: key I don't know, if <laughs> into it.
2: Shock. I don't know. They Just
3: shared some delicious wine. Mark has wine. a master key to every mini bar in the
5: <laughs> Watch some HBO and then fell asleep. He got
6: the skeleton key for mini bars. The whole thing, well, we are the Whole thing's into, cute. Uh,
7: we are very into The Young Pope and we were trying to watch the latest episode. A disaster occurred though I lost my glasses, oh. uh, which means I fundamentally will not be able to see what's happening during the Super Bowl. So Gonzo informed me that I can buy something called Reader's Readers. at Walmart. Yeah.
3: Oh, that's going to
4: look good. So are you not driving then without the glasses? Oh, I think
7: we've we've made the right choice about who should be doing the majority, if not all of the driving, (laughs) from the minute this trip started, and it's not the person speaking. Did
5: you drive at all, Sessler?
7: Well, here's the thing. Honestly, this is what has been so great, because I'm writing on my phone or on on the laptop while John does the driving, and, like, we've yeah. had pretty short, it's not majorly long segments. it's, you know, a couple hours here, a couple hours day there. Day first, there. first day was a little rough. But that's okay, because the division of labor has been wonderful. Like we said,
8: we're, we're really getting into each other's mm. rhythms. He's writing, I'm driving, neither of us are eating, uh, and then there'll be beer.
4: And what are you getting paid for this by Mark, John? Uh, I'm <laughs> friendship. I'm getting paid for friendship. Well,
7: he's not paying for much at all, let's put it that way. It's, it's a <laughs> paid-for vacation, and you know Vacation be, I'm flying him I'm flying
5: him home They're on a buddy moon Right now
3: This is honestly This is what Mark has always wanted <laughs> Is to have a friend That doesn't need to eat Like him <laughs> I know And we I'm always really we, We've been letting him down In this department On for the years. open
4: road What could be better Imagine how much time <laughs> You get aliens. to make
3: up
5: and like, and part of the whole serial killer eating habits, like, isn't just the fact that he doesn't eat, but also like John will take if he's eating a stack, if he has a couple cookies or something, yeah. chocolate chip cookies, he will put them on top of each other based on size, and then eat the smallest one to the largest one. He also <laughs> has certain rules for eating Reese's cups, for eating like pizza, for eating various items.
6: This all makes sense to me. Of course, you <laughs> eat the smaller well, one. Hold first. on here. That feels
7: extremely. <laughs> Accusatory.
6: <laughs> Having spent a couple days with Gonzo, I
7: think his eating habits are really beyond critique.
3: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so there you go. There's the update. Uh, the next time uh, the listeners will hear from Mark, he'll be with us in Houston uh, next Tuesday, and you guys, Houston. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Nothing is promised. That's the schedule. That's the plan anyway. <laughs> so gentlemen, thank you for the update. Good luck with the the rest of the journey. And it sounds like you're having a good time. And it, it just in general, it's really cute. The whole thing's very cute to me.
5: It's adorable, <laughs> but definitely come back.
8: I'm having a great time and I look forward to being on the pod again the next time one of you needs a chauffeur. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. John Gonzalez with,
3: of course, Mark Sessler. Follow their journeys. Mark at, at Mark Sessler NFL uh gonzo at underscore john gonz uh so you can uh follow along with him mark also on instagram i'm sure Gonzo is on instagram as well right?
5: no uh-uh. no okay so that's twitter
3: and then uh mark's land uh, long formal land that we're hearing early next week so there you go all right that's it that by the way our schedule people are going around the schedule and you know going to get a lot of we'll probably get a lot of tweets sunday asking when the show's going up no show this upcoming sunday it's a travel day for some of us to Houston. So um, the next time you hear from us will be Tuesday from Houston. We're going to be doing the show uh, from a radio station downtown. Uh, so we're excited about that and uh, that we'll, we'll be able to talk about, you know, really start start to now turn our attention to the game and talk about media night, which will happen the day before. Uh, Colleen, I mean, what? What, what can we say? You, what I mean, you came on the show. Thanks
5: for this. having me on again. This is great, big guy.
3: You're you like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna,
5: right I'm gonna get
3: background. you for this. I'm gonna get you for this. I'm gonna find out what annoys you.
5: A real meaty show this was. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: You'll never be on the show
5: again. This is it. It's the last one.
3: That's my big guy promise of the day. (laughs) Uh, All right. So, yes, you'll hear from us on Tuesday. Thank you for everyone for listening. Thank you to Connie for joining us. Thank you to the first lady, Sydney, for double vox work, both in backing vocals on the Connor Orr uh, song and uh, also your sixpence none the richer. Which was really yeah, nice that was
1: event. great. Thanks. Never thought this was where my Way career would lead me, but I'm glad we're here. Yes,
3: yeah, so you and and Kirk Cousins. I don't know. Is he married?
1: Yeah,
4: he's got kids. Oh,
1: oh cool. see,
4: cool. this is this is the conundrum. Is that he see, also has an autobiography that came out two years ago? Okay, let's calm down with that, everybody. Jeez,
5: like, you know an awful lot about Kirk Cousins, <laughs> Rosie. <laughs> just shrugs. <laughs> he just gives me a shrug. It's
3: my job. All right. Whatever. The problem is that Sydney, we wanted to get we want her to settle down with a rich quarterback, but those mm-hmm. goody two shoe guys, they usually get married by the time they're like twenty two to the college or high school sweetheart. Right. We gotta find somebody uh, one, a flawed quarterback West, but also uh, very pure in, in mind and spirit.
5: Yeah. If you feel like you be tough like Kirk Cousins, you can tweet at around the NFL.
3: Do you mind that we're matchmaking uh for you? Or <laughs> uh, right, uh,
1: I'll allow it.
6: Okay. It's awfully hard to find an unmarried quarterback. Period. West knows. <laughs> I'm just saying, look at them; They're all married.
3: <laughs> all right. Wes, you cut to the core of the conversation. Unless you again.
6: want Colin Kaepernick. Uh,
1: no, thanks.
3: Not her speed. Not her speed. All right. We will be back Tuesday. Thank you to everyone. Until then. This is Dan Hanson signing off for Connie Fox, the mailman, the old boss, and new money. Here we go. Off to Houston till Tuesday.
0: Hey guys, back to the playground again, huh?
1: Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck
6: yeah, and some waves so we could go surfing. oh yeah. <laughs> ah,
5: love
1: that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in.
0: Ah, ski slopes. Let's
1: do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait.